This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano, 77 WABC. side of midnight i'm frank morano well it was about uh, 20 years ago that uh, the green river killer gary ridgeway was arrested now i must tell you i really don't know I, I did not know much about the green river killer but he is apparently the second most prolific serial killer in the history of the united states He led a fascinating life. His crime spree was absolutely chilling. And it's all explored in a new documentary called Sins of the Father, The Green River Killer, which is available on Tubi, T-U-B-I. And the executive producer of that documentary is a distinguished documentary filmmaker, Robert Twilley, who joins us now. Robert, thanks so much for coming on the radio with me. Thank you for having me. So for people that have not heard the term Green River Killer before, Robert, who exactly was the Green River Killer? What did he do? Uh, Gary Ridgeway um, in the 1980s and 90s was uh, an active serial killer in uh, the Northwest, uh, in the Seattle area, uh, the Seattle, uh, Tacoma, the SeaTac area. Um, He uh, targeted... um, a lot of uh, prostitutes and people who were uh, on, the, on the margins of society, they were easy prey for him. And uh, he was uh, had other, other, at least 49 victims uh, uh, from the 80s and 90s. It's uh, believed, though, that he may have uh, killed as many as 90. Um, and this is a time You said when, 90? You know, nine zero? 90. Yeah, correct. Yes. Uh, uh, after, after capture uh, to... Uh, be spared the death penalty, he agreed to cooperate with police in, in trying to discover uh, grave sites that hadn't been found. Um, he dumped all of the the bodies that um, of his victims in, in around the Green River, which is what gave him his uh, uh, name, the, the Green River Killer. And where was the Green River? I'm sure it was in Washington State, but where specifically? Yeah, it's, it near, it's near Seattle in Keene, Washington. Gotcha. Okay. And what attracted you to this project? What sparked your interest in the Green River Killer? Well, we've, you know, I think serial killers are, uh, you know, we have a fascination with them. Uh, it, it allows us to explore sort of the, the darkest side of, of, of humanity. And in, in this particular case, you, know, you think of serial killers often as these loners who are, um, you know, just Killing and, and are you know isolated from uh, the world. Here's a, a man who had somewhat of a, a double life. He was married three times um, and had a son, and that's where uh, you know the the, the title uh, "Sins of the Father" comes from. Is that we were interested in exploring mm. you know uh, that a person who was not only this vicious killer, but who would also, uh, in some respects, was was seen as a family man. Um, and that um, was just a, a very curious thing. You know, you, you see serial killers like Jeffrey Dahmer 
or um, Kemper who were, were very much loners. Uh, here's an example of one who was, um, in some respects, kind of integrated in, into society, uh, had held a job, um, and was able to elude capture for uh, you know, decades. Yeah. And so um, it was just, it was, it was ripe with a lot of um, nuance for us to explore as, uh, as filmmakers. All right, uh, talking with Robert Twilley, executive producer of the documentary Sins of the Father. It is available on Tubi. We'll tell you how to watch it in just a moment. But uh, just to give you a, a, a little snippet of what you're in store for if you watch this documentary, here's the trailer. Now, I'd love to tell you it loses something by not having the visual element, but not that much. Listen to the words. Listen to the news reports. Listen to the trailer for Sins of the Father, The Green River Killer. Just loved killing women. When I started killing, I just kept on killing them. Police found the badly decomposed nude body of a woman Saturday night. Another terrible discovery in the woods. The victims of the Green River Killer. The number of bodies that are turning up is almost hard for us to even wrap our head around. He was incredibly successful at convincing the world that he was just a nice guy and a good family man. I saw my dad every other weekend camping and fishing. He'd always be there for me. His dad really went the extra mile to make all the time memorable and special. He used the illusion of his family to lure his victims. He could separate the two worlds he lived in in a way we'd really never seen before. It's a whole different layer of disgusting. The public was running out of patience. It was like, come on, catch this guy. He's, you know, one guy one minute, another guy the other minute. I'm saying, stop moving and I'll let you go. But I wasn't going to let her go. Gary's son, Matthew, couldn't fathom this man, the man he knew, the man he loves, being the Green River Killer. He really thought he was the best serial killer out there. He'll do was kill, kill, kill. You killed one of the girls when Matthew was with you, right? Yes, I did. If he had observed you kill one of the women, would you have killed him? I mean, wow. Doesn't that give you chills? Uh, talking with Robert Twilley. Robert, uh, there's a lot of focus in the trailer and throughout the documentary on this double life that Gary Ridgway seemed to be uh, leading. You mentioned his, um, you know, b- being a reputable father and that it, how even his son didn't suspect anything. What was he like in terms of the, the community? The, in the clip that we played there, someone references the Simpsons neighbor, Ned Flanders. Was this a regular pillar of the community, somebody that was very integrated? I don't know that you would say a pillar of the community necessarily. I mean, he, he struggled with with his relationship, married three times. Um, he did um, uh, hold on to his, his, his religion. He was, you know, uh, a, a church attender, uh, read the Bible, um, and, 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 and tried to, I think, in some ways reconcile uh, that faith with, um, you know, this dark side he had but uh he did have uh a presence in his son's life uh that's that's um uh revealed and depicted in in our in our documentary um but he was um 
he struggled with his relationships. We we interview uh, a coworker who could who could relay how he could change in a in a minute his uh, his outlook. His you know he had flashes of of anger, and so yeah. I don't know that he was that well adjusted, but he did mask this really dark side uh, very well. You alluded to his marriages. I know um, you speak with his wife in the in the uh, in the documentary. What did his wife have to say about what he was like as a husband and what, if any problems, his anger may have led to in their relationship? Right. The uh, the the interviews with uh, ex-wives were uh, sourced from police files. I just Ah, want to clarify that we weren't able to. Yeah, we we um, we 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 do try to to connect with uh, uh, with our with those contributors, but also respect their desire to be removed from the the story at this point. But uh, um, I think they, um, you know, they they spoke about, you know, uh, how he was, uh, you know, could be loving at times. He did have, um, you know, strange or very uh, rough sexual um, fantasies and desires that that um, I think complicated uh, marriages uh, his last wife was completely clueless to his um, uh, activities and was just floored when he was finally uh, arrested for his crimes. Yeah, I mean, it seems like uh, this is not one of these people when he was arrested. Everyone said, oh, yeah, we saw that coming. We knew there was something a little off. This was somebody that uh, nobody suspected of being the Green River Killer that he was interacting with regularly. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, there there were some um, near misses over the years. There were, you know, a number of suspects that were vetted by by police. One uh, that was you know, pursued quite closely, who who seemed to have um, a lot of knowledge about uh, the crimes. Uh, it turned out he had nothing to do with them. Um, uh, but uh, Gary was, um, you know, able to elude capture for uh, you know, decades. Um, he he did. Um, have a visit from a, a cop on one occasion who was, um, you know, his truck had been seen uh, by someone who had a tip, um, and th- that lead went nowhere. Um, at one point, he did submit to a polygraph. He passed it. Um, it really wasn't until the emergence of DNA evidence that uh, an arrest could be made. Mm, wow, that is absolutely incredible. Tell me a little bit more about what his son had to say about he was, what what he was like as a father. Well, I mean, they they had it was a he, they divorced his mother uh divorced Gary um, early in uh Matthew's life, but Matthew spent time, they they had time as um on weekends, they saw each other at holidays. Um, you know, they had, you know, in many respects, what you would consider a typical uh, father-son relationship: playing catch in the backyard, going out uh, on camping trips. Mm. Um, you know, it, the one of the the saddest and, and most troubling uh, discoveries that we had was that uh, Matthew was actually present for uh, at least one of his father's murders. He wasn't aware that it was going on, but uh, uh, it, it seems likely that um, Gary used his son uh, to lure uh, at least one of his victims. That, that he was, you know, if, if he's if he's with his son, he's not going to be um, 
someone who might harm me. How um, how old was his son at the time that that occurred? The murder in the, um, with Matthew I, I present. Um, you know, five or six, I believe. That's absolutely amazing. Uh, we're talking with Robert Twilley. He is the executive producer of this new documentary, Sins of the Father, the Green River Killer. In, in this documentary, you explore a bit uh, another interesting fellow by the name of Melvin Foster. Who's Melvin Foster, and uh, what role did he play in law enforcement ultimately making the arrest of the Green River Killer? Well, he was um, it, at one time a, a prime suspect in the um, in the case. He was a taxi driver in the in that SeaTac near the you know, Seattle Tacoma Airport, where uh, many of the victims were um, picked up initially. Uh, he knew several of the victims. He'd actually reached out, uh, claiming to have some information about the killings, and and then became. Uh, a, a suspect um, that they were pursuing quite um, quite closely, and ultimately they could not make anything um, a stick. They uh, at one point, uh, undercover cops bought a car that he was selling, and they discovered um, uh, you know, pornographic magazines and, and and other evidence they thought might um, uh, link him with the, with the crimes. So there was never any uh, connection made there. Uh, and he was, um, you know, a, a a dead end for them. Uh, it was very frustrating for the for the task force that was assembled. I mean, there was a task force that uh, came together to to try to um, catch this killer, and, and they were unsuccessful for for many years. As I said, it was um, uh, the emergence of DNA that that finally uh, led them to an arrest. And, you know, you mentioned that this took place over the course of decades, the 80s and the 90s, and possibly as many as 90 victims killed by uh, Gary Ridgway. How was he able to get away with this for so long? I mean, I would think, you know, all right, you get away with one murder, two murders, 10 murders, 12 murders, 30 murders. But to get away with possibly as many as 90 murders as long as he did, how was he able to do that? Yeah, well, he was on and off the, the police's radar for, um, for for many years. He did submit to a polygraph at one point, passed it. Um, he did prey on um, on the vulnerable. Uh, he um, sourced his victims from the uh, streets. Uh, many of the um, many of them were sex workers, um, and they're. Some, in some cases, their disappearance wasn't uh, immediately picked up on. Um, he did dispose of most, if not all of them, in and along the Green River. And so it is shocking to think that uh, he could have eluded capture for so long. Um, but uh, he, I think, knew that he knew his victims uh, well, and he knew, I mean, not personally well, but he, he knew where to find um people that wouldn't necessarily be missed immediately. What was his profession? Uh, he worked at the uh, Kenworth Truck Factory. He's, mm. a, uh, I believe, a painter uh, in the in the factory. And um, you mentioned that DNA ultimately proved to be his downfall. But specifically mm-hmm. how? How were, how were the police able to use DNA to determine that he was responsible for these murders? Well, they, they gathered DNA evidence from some crime scenes. There was some, uh, in particular, some semen at one crime scene that was 
uh, initially used uh, for uh, blood type uh, in, in confirming um, you know, some some key evidence in the case, but that the DNA testing was not um, uh, at the time of its discovery wasn't um, involved enough to allow to make those kind of uh, connections, and it was uh, it wasn't until uh, his arrest in um, in actually 2003 that um, there was. Uh, you know, the, 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 you know, that they were able to, to test and, and confirm that uh, he was the, um, the the killer. And do we know, I know he ultimately pled guilty to 48 of these murders. Do we know, has he said what his motive was in killing these women? Was it sexual? Was he turned on by killing these women? Would he rape them prior to murder? What? Why would he do this? Well, there was definitely... Uh, Sex, um, uh, whether it was consensual or uh, rape, um, I, I'm not. I'm not certain, but he was. He, he certainly had, from an early, um, early in life, um, a perverted view of women. Uh, you know that you, you you trace things back to uh, your relationship with your mother. In in in, in many cases of, of these serial killers, um, it, it seems that there was. Um, uh, from early life, some uh, hatred of of women that, that that carried over into his adult life and 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 fueled some of his uh, uh, his his killing rage. But um, he was also um, a necrophiliac, um, so he enjoyed uh, revisiting his victims after they were dead. Wow! In um, it was a, a, a sexual. Uh, connection that he had. It was actually um, that connection was actually um, alluded to by Ted Bundy, another famous serial killer. Um, Bundy actually consulted with the police on this case because he felt like he had some insight into how um, Gary was was operating. Uh, you, I mentioned that he had pled guilty to forty eight murders, and then. Ultimately, I think they were able to pin a 49th on him, but you indicated that uh, there were possibly as many as 90 victims here. What? Why the disparity there? Why were they only able to officially convict him of 48 or 49 murders when he could have been responsible for up to 40 more? Well, I, you know, some of that may be the killer's bravado, talking mm-hmm. about other victims. I, I just don't think that there was a, um, uh, you know, any connection to other uh, missing persons that that could be um, tied to him? I don't think that means that we will never know. Um, I think there's, um, you know, unfortunately, discoveries every day that uh, that might uh, help clear up the that discrepancy. Um, but I uh, know the the forty nine are 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 certain, and in in just conversations with him. Uh, uh, once he was in custody, um, he suggested that there might have been others. Wow. Uh, how can people watch this documentary? A lot of folks may not be familiar with Tubi. Is there a way that uh, if you don't get Tubi that people can just watch it on whatever system they have? Uh, Tubi is, is is everywhere. It's a, a free uh, streaming service, and so they, everyone should be able to, with an Internet connection, um, uh, watch. You can stream on your desktop. You can uh, there's an app for television. Um, it's a uh, 
a free streaming service, as I said, and it's uh, it's live now and, and will be. Uh, it's part of uh, 2B's uh, original documentary programming slate. Right. So people can just, if they have a smart television, they could just download 2B for free. Or if they don't, they can just go online uh, to wherever, any sort of Internet connection and just go to 2B and uh, they can, it's T-U-B-I, and then watch this uh, documentary, Sins of the Father, The Green River Killer. Well, it's incredibly well done. My compliments, Robert. It's, uh, It's the kind of thing that you're left thinking about a long time after watching it. Well, thank you for having me tonight. I um, appreciate the opportunity to talk about it. Thank you. If you want to comment, you can do so. 800-848-WABC. That's 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead. 